I've titled today's second session that we are going to do is the spiritual empowerment of the body of Christ. We are come to the second part. But in order, if you look very carefully, the church is in a year of evangelism. Since we are in the year of evangelism, one thing that is important for evangelism is the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Without the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, you will become a casualty. Because one purpose of the Holy Spirit is to equip you, to prepare you to face battles. And the church, we are here today. We are come to this, this year of 2018 of a year to evangelize, a year to reach out. But we cannot go there without the armor of God. We cannot go there without the anointing of the Holy Spirit. When you come across from the four Gospels and you come into the book of Acts, you come from a doctrine to a dynamic. When you cross the Gospels into the book of Acts. In the Gospels, we see the teaching of the Holy Spirit given to us. That's what we do in, in the Gospels. In the Gospels, we see... As long as you are reading about the Holy Spirit in the gospel, you are reading a doctrine about the Holy Spirit. But when the moment you switch from the gospel into the book of Acts, you do not see the Holy Spirit as a doctrine. You see the Holy Spirit as a dynamic person. And you have to, be, think, you have to notice that very carefully. And as long as you look at the, the Holy Spirit as a doctrine, you can take that book and keep it on a shelf. Because doctrines are just rules and regulations of what can happen, what should be done, how, should be do how it should be done. Now, another thing is, the moment you begin to speak or know the Holy Spirit, and you begin to know him as a person, he does certain things in your life. For example, many of us, we have heard about the Holy Spirit, but we do not know the Holy Spirit. For example, if you come to me and say, do you know, do you know about Pastor Abraham? I'll say, yes, I know about Pastor Abraham. I know how many years he's in Oman. I know that he's married. I know that he has a family. I know that he's a pastor of Bread of Life. But if you turn and ask me that same question, but do you know Pastor Abraham? I might say, I do not know him. I only know about him. So there are many Christians and in the church everywhere, we know about the Holy Spirit because we read about the Holy Spirit. We know what the Holy Spirit has done and is doing. But if I ask you, do you know the Holy Spirit? Then you'll say, I do not know the Holy Spirit. So that's the thing we are looking at today. And to recap of last uh, month's message, I'm going to just quickly recap. Sister, can you press center, please? Okay. In, uh, in the last month's message, we seen, we looked at two Sundays. That is, we've seen the resurrected Sunday and we've seen the Pentecostal Sunday. In the resurrected Sunday, you'll see on, my, on the left-hand side where you see Christ resurrected. 
on that Sunday. But on the Pentecostal Sunday, you see the point number one is where Christ is glorified, which took place on the Pentecostal Sunday. In the resurrected Sunday, you will see the inbreathe of the Spirit of God where Christ breathed into the disciples and they received the Holy Spirit. But on the Pentecostal Sunday, you find the outpour of the Holy Spirit taking place. Resurrected Sunday, he breathed on them. Pentecostal Sunday, the outpour of the Holy Spirit took place. The third point you see on Resurrected Sunday where the result was they received life, life eternal, to be with him. It was given to them. But on the Pentecostal Sunday, we see that where here the result is power. So we have these two Sundays which we covered last month, which is called on the beginning of the end of the second slide, I want to show you uh, the next slide, please. On the next slide, we see the resurrected Sunday. We see that the seal of the Holy Spirit is given to a disciple or to a child of God on the resurrected Sunday. So you receive a seal of Christ in you. The second one, you, you receive the seal of the Holy Spirit. And the third thing, you receive the seal of sonship. And the last is you receive a seal of life. So we see the seal of Christ given to you, the seal of the Holy Spirit given to you, the seal of sonship given to you, and the seal of life given to you on the resurrected Sunday. Now, on the Pentecostal Sunday, as you see in this, the screen, the Pentecostal Sunday is for the body of Christ, is for the growth of Christ. And there you see, you find the seal for power, where the Holy Spirit equips the entire church with power. The next you see, you find the seal for receiving gifts. So when he comes upon, upon, upon you, when he breathes into you, you receive gifts. And one of those gifts is speaking in different languages. The next is the seal for evangelism. The church now receives the power to go forth into evangelism. Then we find you receive the seal to overcome all powers of darkness. Can we bow our heads one minute, please? Because I do not want you to, there's anything that you're going to lose, not today. Because today is going to be a mighty day of awakening, a mighty day of move. And I want you to pray and say, God, give me the grace that nothing will rob your word from me today. Nothing will take away your word from me today, Father. Father, I want to receive your word with clarity, Lord God. And Father, that this word that I receive today, Lord, it will fill me with power, Lord God. And Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that nothing will disturb this service. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And the last you see, you receive the seal to bear fruits. So these are the two Sundays we seen last month, and now I'm going to go to my message. And I've titled today's message as, Have you received the Holy Spirit? Have you received, thank you very much, Pastor. Have you received the Holy Spirit? Now, why did I title it as, Have you received the Holy Spirit? You might be knowing about the Holy Spirit all along. 
And there are many of you here, you love Christ, you love God with all your heart, you might be knowing about the Holy Spirit, but you do not know Him as a person who's to be in your life. So let us quickly turn our Bibles to Acts chapter 19, quickly, and we'll be looking at verses 1 to 2, Acts chapter 19, and if there's any day, today I want you to look at your Bibles, note it down, because it's a very important topic. Verses 1 to 2, yes, my brother. And Paul, having passed through the upper regions, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. These were Christians. They were born again. They seen the power of God. They were water baptized, but they've never heard about the Holy Spirit. Now, why do you think Paul asked this question? Now, there are denominations that say, the moment you receive Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, you have received the Holy Spirit and you are able to speak in tongues. They say that. Or you have received the power and empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Let, him, let me rephrase that. The moment you get saved, you're given your life, you have received the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, they say. So you don't need to speak in tongues. They will, they will say that also. But if you look at this question, if everybody had received the Holy Spirit at the day of conversion, why did Paul ask this question? You got that? If everybody is to receive the Holy Spirit the day they give their life, then this question is meaningless for him to ask. So we understand from this, Paul was not talking about the born-again experience. He was talking about the Pentecostal Sunday. Not the resurrected Sunday. He was talking to them, have you received the Pentecostal Sunday, the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Because they were disciples. Now, this is the same question I want to ask my brothers and sisters today. Have you received the Holy Spirit? That's the same question I want to ask each and every one here today. Have you received the Holy Spirit? You might be like these disciples. You know about the Holy Spirit, but you do not know Him. The Bible shows there are three places in the Scripture that a saved person, a baptized person, a saved person, a baptized person needs to receive the Holy Spirit. Not the resurrected Sunday, but the Pentecostal Sunday. And I'm going to show you the scriptures where it says that a, a born-again Christian must receive the Holy Spirit. And my purpose in today's message is to ensure that you have the same experience and God wants you to have this experience. God wants you to enjoy this experience. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is for you today, just as it was for the 120 disciples 2,000 years ago. Amen? Amen? And that will be your portion today in Jesus' name. I want to quickly show you in the four Gospels, it's very clear, it says that the, in the four Gospels, you see these four Gospels, it shows that Jesus alone is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit in a child's life. You understand that? 
Let us quickly read the scriptures. Matthew, can you quickly just read them? We are going to see Mark 3, 12, and I'm going to show you where John was showing, telling the people that Jesus alone is the baptizer, not man. Yes, brother, quickly. I baptize you with water for repentance, mm. but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. So that's one, the second scripture, Mark 1, Mark 8. 1, 8. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Luke 3.16, John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but one more powerful than I will come, the thongs of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. John 1.33, I would not have known him except that the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is he who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. So we understand from the scripture, from four scriptures, that Jesus alone is your baptizer. Amen? Amen. Now one more scripture, let us quickly look at. John chapter 1, verse 29, we see now the four scriptures saying that Jesus alone is the baptizer, and John 1, 29. Yes, my brother, quickly. The next day, John mm. saw Jesus coming towards him and said, mm. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Amen. Look, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Now, there are three statements that John makes here. Number one, he says that Jesus is the Lamb of God. Amen. Number one. Number two, he says Jesus is the Son of God. And the third statement that he says that Jesus is the only one that will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. In these scriptures we find it is Christ and Christ alone that will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. So today, it is Christ that is going to baptize everyone who comes forward in Jesus' name. If you have not had this experience and you desire to have this experience, it is your portion today in Jesus' name. Amen. My first point today is, what is the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And I think 99.9% .9 of you will know because you have gone through level one class where Pastor Sean and I think it was uh, Pastor Sean and Brother Kenneth have been teaching you all. So let me quickly just go over it to those of you who have not had this opportunity. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is more than just being born again of the Holy Spirit. It's a total immersion or total infilling of the Holy Spirit. Every time you find the word baptism means to be immersed. Water baptism, a person fully gets baptized or goes fully immersed in the water in the Holy Spirit baptism, a person is fully immersed in the Spirit of God. So this of Holy Spirit baptism always follows after conversion, after being saved. Some people have received it before water baptism, some have received it after. And we are going to see the cases where there are special cases where the moment the person got saved, they received the baptism of fire or the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Sorry. Now we find in the scriptures that the disciples were number one, born of the Spirit and baptized in the Holy Spirit. Born of the Spirit, day of the resurrected Sunday. Baptized into the Spirit, Pentecostal Sunday. We've seen that. Quickly we are going to look at Acts chapter 8. 
We are going to look at Acts chapter 8 and we are going to see verses 4 to 6. Verses 4 to 6. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. Now they, here are the disciples, they watched what was happening, what was Philip doing. Philip was preaching the word of God, people were getting saved. So that's the first scripture. The second scripture, let us go quickly and look at verse 12, the same thing. Acts 8 verse 12. But, but when they believed Philip mm. as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Now this is the resurrected Sunday. They believed in Philip and they were baptized. So they were born again. They had the experience of giving their life to Christ and they were baptized. Now see, just watch very carefully. Now there are four things that we want to see here in these two scriptures. These people were saved. Number one, the people in Samaria were saved. Number two, they were baptized. Number two. Number three, they were even delivered from demons because they seen signs and wonders happening. And number four, these people experienced miracles. So we find four things taking place in Samaria where people were getting saved, baptized, deliverance from demons, and experiencing miracles. Yet, they did not receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now, you've seen that. These were Christians. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit had not taken place until the apostles in Jerusalem decided to send Peter and John and said, Peter and John, you need to go there. They have received all these. But there is something missing in these disciples. They are missing the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Now let us look at verse 14 to 17, the same scripture. And we see what it is. Now, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had reached had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who, when they had come down, prayed for them, that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had fallen upon none of them. Still, even though they had all these four experiences, the Holy Spirit had not fallen upon them. Yes, brother. They had only been baptized uh -huh. in the name of the Lord Jesus. They were saved and baptized, yes. Then mm. they laid hands on them. Now we find the laying on of hands taking place on and, the people in Samaria. And they received the Holy Spirit. And now they received the Holy Spirit. Now they received the Pentecostal Sunday. You got that? My second point is, baptism in the Holy Spirit is accompanied by speaking in tongues. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is accompanied by speaking in different languages. The scripture constantly shows that whenever the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes to a believer, it is accompanied by speaking in different languages. Amen? So every time you read the Bible, and when you come to the place of filling of the Holy Spirit, whenever you come across the filling of the Holy Spirit, you will notice that there is an overflow. Filling of the Holy Spirit means an overflow. Overflow of what? Number one, overflow of speech. So whenever the baptism of the Holy Spirit falls on a person, 
the overflow of speech takes place, number one. The overflow of words takes place. The overflow of praising God in Cornelius' thing. They received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They spoke in tongues and they praised God. Next, you will find prophecies taking place and speaking in different languages taking place when the infilling of the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Amen? You, you, you got me clearly. Whenever the infilling of the Holy Spirit takes place, you will have different ways that the Holy Spirit will minister to the, to the church. Speech, words, praising God, prophecy, and speaking in different languages. Amen? Now, this is a universal principle. Out of the abundance of the art, the mouth speaks. If you're awake, say amen. amen. God bless you. Now, very important. This point is very important. Please pay attention. God and man had to cooperate in this, which is going to take place. God and man has to cooperate in this. God filled them and they began to speak. The Holy Spirit did not do the speaking. Please understand this. The Holy Spirit did not do the speaking. The disciples did the speaking. The Holy Spirit gave them the language. Okay? Now, it is up to you to resist him or to allow him to use you. You have that authority to say, no, I will resist you or Lord, use me. Now, people expect God to do everything. They expect God to fill them and they expect God to speak. It's not going to happen. You can be expecting it till you die. Sorry to say that. You cannot expect God to do both because there is a work between God and man. God fills you and you have to speak. That's the reason he says when you stand before governors, don't worry what to say. I will give you the word. Who spoke? They spoke. Who gave them the boldness? The Holy Spirit gave them the boldness. The Holy Spirit said go, but they had to go. You understand? The Holy Spirit does not compel anyone to do anything. He only bids you. He doesn't force you to do anything. Amen? So when you examine the scriptures, you will find one important factor. Very important. Please pay attention. I can see a lot of eyes closing. Lots of eyes are just going down. Do you know the enemy is having control over you? He's singing a lullaby. Especially if you are born again, spirit-filled, speaking in tongue sleep. No problem. But if you are not speaking in tongues, don't let the enemy put you to bed. It's a very, very important topic. The disciples had to do one thing in order to be filled. And you know what they had to do? They had to tarry. Jesus says, tarry in Jerusalem. Once they had the infilling of the Holy Spirit, they didn't tarry anymore. I request all the intercessors in the church, since we are fighting a spiritual battle right now, I want you to pray in the spirit. Don't pray loud, pray in the spirit because the enemy is putting people to bed. So those who are, who are in the intercessory team and you can speak in tongues, switch immediately. The enemy will have no authority in this place in Jesus' name. God will do his part, but you need to do your part. When you examine the scriptures, you will notice, look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 and 22. 
2 Corinthians chapter 1 verses 21 and 22 it says now but I determined this within myself now, now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us in God ah. who also has sealed us mm. and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee okay praise God NIV says now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ he anointed us set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts see it's God who put the spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come one more scripture Ephesians chapter 1 verses 13 and 14 Ephesians chapter 1 is on the screen brother and you also mm. were included in Christ yes when you heard the word of truth the gospel of your salvation having believed you were marked in him with a seal amen the mm. promised Holy Spirit you see that you are marked with a seal the promised Holy Spirit yes who is a deposit he is a deposit guarantee our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory amen Paul says two things here Paul says the Holy Spirit is a seal he is our seal number two the Holy Spirit is a deposit in us now the first word you and I are sealed we are sealed we belong to Jesus it's a public seal everyone will know it it is set apart so the moment you give your life to Christ you receive the seal now you are set apart number two he says the Holy Spirit is a down payment in you now what is the down payment if I can brother Aditya is here okay I will use him as an example if you go to brother Aditya and say brother Aditya I want to buy a car and he says okay what car you want it's costing 6,000 you say brother Aditya I would like to give a down payment for this car can I give 1,000 and he'll say okay so you give a down payment for the car brother Aditya will immediately tell somebody in the showroom please put sold to Claudie but there's a condition I will come back and pay the remaining money so who does the car belong to now let it belong to me for a moment at least no <laughs> please be nice with me so now the car belongs to me I have given a down payment I have there's a seal on that car sold to Claudie the deposit is given you got it now it's the same thing that Christ has done for us he has put a seal on us there's a deposit in us and that is the Holy Spirit and now he says I will come back and take you to be where I am and until then amen and until then you are sealed for Christ you are not for sale nobody can buy you you belong to Jesus and Jesus alone let us give God the glory it's a guarantee that Jesus is saying I am coming back so now I want to just make those of you who have not received the baptism of the Holy Spirit I want to make you excited don't you want to receive that seal today don't you want to receive that guarantee placed in your life that should be your urge that you should be waiting on your seat when the altar call is going to be given I have to run because I need to receive this seal that I know that I belong to Christ there is a seal going to be given in my life he is coming back to take me home amen 
Amen. So the question is, what is the seal? That's the question. What is the seal? And there is many denominations will fight this question. The question is, and this is what I believe, this is what I, I believe from the word of God. What proof, what is the one proof that says that I have the seal in me? I say I'm born again, I'm spirit-filled. So what is the one proof says that I have the seal? So according to my, my faith and what I studied and what the scripture says, speaking in tongues is one among the many gifts that we receive from the Holy Spirit. So the seal is something that is visible, audible, and public. Amen? The seal of the Holy Spirit that I speak to show that I'm a child of God, I can speak this heavenly language, it is audible, it is visible, and it's public to everybody. Amen? In the books of Acts, they were all filled, and what they did? They spoke. Correct? They were filled and they spoke. That will be your portion today in Jesus' name. I want to show four points from the book of Acts. Okay, quickly, I want to show four points from the book of Acts. It was a seal that they were promised. The seal was promised to them. Jesus said, wait, I have to go to heaven. Carry, when I reach there, I will send you the Holy Spirit. So we know it's a seal that was promised. Number two, it was a seal that the disciples received. The promise that was given to them, they received it. Number three, if you say Jesus told them, wait till in Jerusalem, so they received it. Number three, it was a seal that they recognized in others. You know how I say this? In the case of Cornelius, when Peter went and when the Holy Spirit descended upon them, he knew this is the same seal that we received. That's the reason the disciples said they are doing the same thing that we spoke. And Peter said, what is stopping us from getting them baptized? So the seal was able to be recognized by others. So when you are a child of God, you will recognize the seal in, the, in another child of God. And that's what Paul recognized that the people there in Samaria never had it. I mean, for, uh, uh, Paul recognized it, that the people in Antioch never had it. So he says, did you receive the Holy Spirit? You understand? So number four, they never asked for another seal. Once they received this seal, they never asked for another seal. Peter recognized the seal and there was no alternate given to Cornelius' house because he knew this was the same anointing that we received. Some may ask, how do I know I have received the seal? It's a natural question, Brother Claudie. How do I know that I have received the seal today? You might ask. You will know it by yourself the moment you receive him. And I will give you a scripture. The Bible says, if you ask your heavenly father for a piece of bread, he will not give you a snake. Amen? So, if you ask for the right thing, God will never give you the wrong thing. Can I hear an amen? amen. Tell your neighbor, if you ask for the right thing, you will never receive the wrong thing. Tell your neighbor that. And when you receive that seal, you'll begin to speak in different languages. Amen? The Holy Spirit will enable you. You don't have to struggle. You just have to let open your mouth and let it flow. You have to. But the sad news, I'm sorry to give you sad news. If you're not a child of God, 
you have no right to ask for the seal. The seal is only given if you have believed in Jesus, that he died for your sin, he was buried, he was resurrected, and he's coming back. You have the right to ask for the seal. Amen? This seal is real. This seal, many people say, this seal is not for today. I have a sad news for those people who say that. Jesus said, I am the same yesterday, I am the same today, I am the same for tomorrow. Amen? So the seal that was for yesterday is for today and is for the generations to come. Amen? Amen. Lastly, the New Testament does not offer us any other seal. One example that I would like to mention is we take it from Acts chapter 10 and verses 44 to 48. Acts 10, 44 to 48. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. They heard them speak in tongues. Today, everybody is going to hear the people who come forward speak in these languages. Amen? Amen. And what will they do? They will glorify God. Continue, brother. Then Peter answered, mm. Can anyone forbid water mm. that these should not be baptized who have received the Holy Spirit just as we have? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then they asked him to stay a few days. Thank you, brother. These people who came with Peter thought that salvation was only for the Jews. And more than that, they thought that speaking in this heavenly language, having the gift of the Holy Spirit come upon them was only for the Jews. But when they seen that the Gentiles were now receiving it, they were astonished that the Gentiles were also speaking in different languages. For those of you who have not been able to talk in, in, in the heavenly language, today everyone's going to be surprised that you're going to speak in Jesus' name. Now, I am not talking about fruits today. I am talking about gifts. Please, there's a difference. There's another time for that. A gift is received in one, one stretch. The moment, you, see, you know, when you have the Christmas tree at home, those of you who have Christmas tree, you give a gift. If I give a gift to pastor, I will give one time, correct? I will not give piece by piece by piece. But fruits, it's grown gradually. There's a process in it. So we are not talking about that. The thing is, we, all of us, we have come into the saving grace of knowing the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. We have come with preconceived ideas. For example, don't misunderstand me, anybody. I'm just showing an example. If we come from a certain denomination, we bring whatever we did in the denomination, we carry it here. If we come from different religions, whatever we did there, we carry it here. So many of us, we come with preconceived ideas the moment we come to know Christ. One among, let me give you some example. First preconceived idea, I should not sing loud in church. How many of you identify yourself with me? No, none of you, oh, all of you are holy. Wow, all from heaven. Praise God. I'm the only earthly person here. Preconceived idea, I must not sing loud in church. I should not be a distraction for anybody. Call Pastor uh, Sean and see how he'll sing. Number two, preconceived idea, I should not lift my hands. Oh, if I lift my hands, I am disturbing the person behind me. 
preconceived idea. Number three, preconceived idea, I should not clap my hands because my brother at the left and right will get disturbed. And fourth, this is also for Pastor Sean, I should not dance in church because I'll be disturbing everybody. Call Pastor Sean to dance. These are preconceived ideas when we come to know Christ. So what will happen, the enemy puts these stumbling blocks in us, stopping us from having a real encounter with God. So year after year, we keep coming to church with these preconceived ideas. We are trapped by the enemy, and we have got chances of not receiving what God wants us to receive. Let me tell you, there is joy in the Holy Spirit. Can I hear an amen? amen. There is life in the Holy Spirit. And there is a bubbling feeling that you have when you receive the Holy Spirit. And that is you want to tell everybody, I know Jesus. He is the Lord. He is my Savior. That bubbling feeling is always between you. Every person you see, you want to tell them about Jesus. That's what the Holy Spirit does in you. Now, there are two ways that baptism of the Holy Spirit can be ministered to a child of God. There are two ways. And I'm going to do the first way today as the Lord leads. Okay? The first way is laying on, uh, the first way is it is from heaven. In the days of Pentecost, it was a direct from heaven. Cornelius' house, direct from heaven. So that is one way where you receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. And you can desire that. Now, that's the same way I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In the old church, I came forward. I stood in this corner on the left-hand side. The man of God came to me and he says, what is it I, I need to do for you? And I said, I want this gift that you're talking about. He was standing one feet away from me. And he says, you ask. And I was arrogant. And I said, ask what? He says, you ask the Lord. And arrogantly, as a child of God, I said, Lord, I want this gift this man is talking about. And bang, there it was. If I can receive it that way, don't you think you'll receive it better? No, amen. 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 That's one way to receive the Holy Spirit, where you come before God and say, God, empower me from above, Lord God, and he will do it in Jesus' name. Amen. The second way of receiving the anointing of the Holy Spirit is by the laying on of hands. Okay? We find that in the, in, when Paul laid hands, when Peter and John laid hands, and even Paul also received it it's the same way from Ananias. Okay? So we have two ways of receiving the baptism of, baptism of the Holy Spirit. My third point I need to rush is how to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That's my third point. How to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We've seen what is uh, baptism of the Holy Spirit. We've seen that baptism in the Holy Spirit is accompanied by speaking in tongues. Now, the third point we are going to see. Let me ask you some question. I'm sure there are many of you who have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Can I just see your hands? Those of you are, who have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit and you speak in a different language. Okay, so we have 30%. So we are 70% of our congregation that should be hungry for the infilling of the Holy Spirit today. There's 30%. So we are 70% that has not received it. Now, that's one category of people where the second one, maybe you spoke once and never practiced it. Please pay attention. Maybe you spoke once and for some reason you never practiced it. 
It, it slowly died off. The third category of people is you receive the Holy Spirit, but for some type of fear or doubt, you never continue to speak in the heavenly language. You understand that? You spoke once, twice, and then slowly it died off. Luke chapter 11, verses 11 to 13, we, we read it. It says, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those that ask him? So today, if you ask God to anoint you, he will give you the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. If you are a child of God, you are born again, you have the right to ask. Let me re-say that. If you are a child of God, you are born again, you have the right to ask, but the responsibility is in you. You need to ask this gift, and it's God's responsibility to pour out His Spirit upon you when you ask. Amen? Now, let us look at the actual steps of receiving the Holy Spirit. I'm coming to the most climax. The actual steps of receiving the Holy Spirit. And let us quickly turn to John chapter 7, verses 37 to 39. And many of us, we have read the scripture time and time and over again, but this scripture for some reason didn't bring life to us. It was hidden. And we're going to show you the scripture where... Yes, my brother. In the last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture had said, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. But this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given. Given because, because that Jesus was not yet glorified. So we know that the Holy Spirit did not fall upon them because Jesus had not yet ascended. Okay, so, so there, do you know that there is a place where the Holy Spirit dwells within you? Do you know that? Out of the abundance from the belly, comes the overflow. So there is a place in your life where the Holy Spirit, where the Spirit of God, the Word of God dwells within you. You need to protect it. Now, let us look at the four steps quickly because of time. The four steps is number one category for you to receive the Holy Spirit. Pay attention, most important. Number one for those of you who want to receive the Holy Spirit is I must be thirsty. Jesus said, if any man thirst, if any man thirst, so baptism is only for the baptism is only for the thirsty. Tell your neighbor, baptism is only for the thirsty. Now, baptism is not for the spirit, super spiritual giants. Baptism is not for the bishops. Ba baptism is not for the popes. Baptism is not for your pastor. Baptism is not for your leaders. Baptism is not for anybody except for the one who is thirsty. You can be a leader, you can be a great man, but there's one requirement, you need to be thirsty. That's the first requirement we see a person to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says you need to be thirsty. Number two, it says you need to come to the baptizer. So the thirsty who wants to be baptized, now needs to do something. He needs to go to the baptizer. Verse 37c says, Jesus said, come unto me. There is only one baptizer in the Holy Spirit, and that is Jesus. And may that be a portion in Jesus' name. Amen. 
no human being can baptize you in the Holy Spirit. A human being can baptize you in water, but not with the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, if anyone comes to me, I will not cast him away. So the next step we see, we need to be thirsty. We need to come to the baptizer. Here comes the most important thing, but a very difficult thing. Yet we are not able to do it. And the Bible says he needs to drink. Now, you cannot receive the Holy Spirit. Pay attention. You cannot receive the Holy Spirit with your mouth closed. You need to open your mouth. Not drinking physical water, but in breathing the Holy Spirit. So when you come forward, you need to stand and say, God, I want, to, I want you to breathe your Spirit into me. You need, to, you need to open your mouth and say, breathe, Lord. And that's what he did in the Garden of, of Eden. So, once you are filled, now once you are filled, there will be a release and a outflow from you. And that is in verse 38b. It says that out of his belly shall flow living water. Amen. Here are the four steps for a child of God to receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit. You have to. How does the overflow come? Through your mouth. You will not speak a language you know. Please pay attention. You will not speak a language you know. You will speak the language that the Holy Spirit gives you. One that you never heard, one that you do not know, and one that you do not even understand. Have you understand this? And how do you know this is right? Because you asked God for the right thing. I want you to tell your neighbor one more time. If you ask for the right thing, he will not give you the wrong thing. Tell your neighbor, I'm preparing you. So are you ready? So now the question is, I need to show you something which is very dangerous. When this is going to happen, Satan will come with two objections. The first objection he will come and he will tell you, the first thing he will say, you are doing it by yourself, he will tell you. And for that answer, when you are standing here and that whisper comes, you can tell him Acts 10.46. When they received the Holy Spirit, they spoke. So the speaking is done by you. You don't have to be afraid. Amen? Amen. Tell your neighbor, you will speak in tongues today. Amen. Amen. The second thing that the enemy will throw at you, he says, how do you know this is the right thing? How do you know this is the right thing? It sounds, is Brother Georgie here, quickly. Brother Georgie, please come here. Brother Franklin. Come out, my brother, quickly. Brother Joji, face that side, brother. Somebody give a mic to Brother Joji. Brother Franklin, come here. I want to show you something. When speaking in tongues, I love you, Brother Franklin. Come, my brother, come closer to me. Brother Joji, come closer to me. Brother Franklin, face this side, brother. I want to show you something. When speaking in tongues, it sounds silly. It's an unknown language. It's always strange. Yes, brother. Yes, brother. Jehovah is to the pin. Amen. How did it sound, brother? 
Brother Georgie, can you give that mic one minute, please? Thank you for that answer. How did it sound, brother? I don't understand. <laughs> did it sound silly? Did it sound... It sounds nonsense. Like nonsense also. A man praising God there, giving all the utmost praises. Another one who does not even understand it sounds silly. That's how tongue sounds for everybody. Now you understand it. Everybody, you might think, oh, yo, this is silly. It is a language that God knows. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother. Thank you, brother Joji. It's a language that God gives you. For everybody else, it sounds silly, but not to God. You are speaking to your father in the heavenly language. You are praising God. You are prophesying. You understand? That's what tongues is all about. I'm running short of time. I need to quickly think. Okay, now, are you ready to receive the Holy Spirit? I have 10 minutes. Are you ready to receive the Holy Spirit? Okay. If you are ready, there are four groups of people that I'm going to invite today very quickly. And as you hear that, that you belong to that group, rush and come. We don't have time, but you are going to be filled today. Group number one, those who have never spoken or received the Holy Spirit, you are qualified to come. Number one, first group. Now, before you rise from your seat, Please don't look at your brother or your sister on your left and say, if my brother goes, I will go with him. If my wife goes, I will catch a skirt and I will go with him. No. If you feel that you are the one, you have never received the Holy Spirit and you want to receive the Holy Spirit, if today is the day that it's appointed for you to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you are eligible. Number one. So that person, whoever has not received it, come quickly. Number two, you have received but never had the overflow. You know you received it, but you never had the overflow. You are also eligible to come forward. Number three, some of you had the overflow only once, but you never, you're not sure, you never continued because you are not sure of it. You are also eligible. Now the fourth category, you need a second touch. Somewhere down the line, it died off. You do not have, very rare, unless you speak with somebody, you, then you speak. If not, that overflow is not there, you are qualified also. So, quickly, the halter is open. Don't waste time. If you want to receive the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, today is your day. You will never get this chance again. Quickly come. And I'm going to tell you what you're going to do. God is going to move very mightily today. We have 75% of people who have not risen your hands. 75 people were sitting, don't look at your brother. He is not going to answer for you. You are going to answer in heaven. I call upon the elders to come quickly at the front. And those of you, those of you who can speak in the heavenly language, I want you to stand up. I call the pastoral team in the front. Those of you who speak in the heavenly language, I want you to stand. You're going to stretch forth your hands to these brothers and sisters. We are going to see that the overflow is going to come from above. Now quickly, we are going to do something now. Quickly, quickly, don't wait for someone else. This is your turn to receive the greatest gift that God has in store for you. This church is going to enter Oman. We are going to get souls for Jesus. We are going as a mighty army. We are going to conquer Oman for Jesus. You are going to be a part of it. Now, quickly. Now, are you ready? Anybody else? Don't wait. This is your last chance. Come quickly. Come quickly. Come quickly. Come quickly. Come quickly. Are you ready now? I am going to say a prayer and it's going to be on the screen. Can you raise my volume, little brother? My throat is spinning. You are going to repeat this prayer 
And once we say Amen, please pay attention, those of you in the front of me. Don't pray now. Those of you in front of me, just listen to me. We are going to say this prayer together. The moment you say this prayer and we say Amen, you will stop talking in English or in your native language. You will not speak in Malayalam, you will not speak in Hindi, you will not speak in Nigerian language. You, the moment you say Amen, you will stop with your natural language. You will breathe and say, Lord, take a chance to breathe into the Holy Spirit. The moment you do that, out of your belly will flow words. And all you have to do is just release in a new language. Amen? Don't be afraid. This is your chance. We will say Amen after the prayer. You breathe in. You receive it. Don't speak in your natural language. Just let it flow in the heavenly language. God will give the word today. And you are going to speak in the heavenly language. Are you ready? You are going to say this prayer after me. Remember one thing. No English after the prayer. Heavenly Father, say it after me. I come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, my Savior. If you can lift your hands up also. Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. You died for my sins on the cross and rose again from the dead. Please forgive me and cleanse me from any wickedness. I believe you have received me as a child of God. If there is any sin or resentment in my heart, I lay it down right now. I forgive any person who has hurt me just as God has forgiven me. If I was ever involved in the occult, please forgive me. I lose myself from every contact with Satan. Lord Jesus, I come to you as my baptizer in the Holy Spirit. I present to you my body to be the temple of your spirit. I heal to you my tongue to be an instrument of righteousness. I want to worship you in a new language. In Jesus' name, Amen. Breathe in the Holy Spirit right now. Open your mouth and breathe in the Holy Spirit. Breathe in the Holy Spirit and now begin to speak. Now begin to speak, not in the natural. Church, continue with them. Those of you who have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit in the congregation, pray in the Spirit. Pray. Open your mouth. You cannot pray in the spirit with your mouth closed. You cannot pray in the spirit with your mouth closed. Open your mouth. Lira ko baby nimi vishandeo. La rute baby bima nashunde. Luke bamoma mashunde bile. Naka ribo riba rika nome ruche rupa rako de bene Open your mouth. You need to open your mouth. As you open your mouth, God will fill you. Fill. Speak. Speak in the heavenly language. Speak in the heavenly language. Nira kaba baba 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 keto rojina kina. 
Church, pray for them. Church, those of you who have received the language, stretch forth your hand and pray for them. Stretch forth your hand and pray for them. Open your mouth, open your mouth and pray and pray. Open your mouth and speak that mystery. That mysterious language, hallelujah. Rako prokusekel yakapa. Holy Ghost, reketa prokusha. Lekra prokusekel. Yes, you have it. Yes, speak, you have speak, it. Don't speak. resist it. Don't resist. Yes. Don't resist. Yes. Don't yes. resist. Open it's your about mouth. You. It's about you. Open it's your about mouth. It's about you. Hallelujah. Open your mouth. It's Holy Ghost, thank you. Holy Ghost, thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. 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 Holy Ghost fire. Holy Ghost. Holy Oh, thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. Now, listen carefully. Listen carefully. We don't have time. But I want you to trust God for something. Now, Holy Spirit want me to want me to tell you this. When Ananas prayed for Paul, there was no instant speaking in tongues. But down the line, Paul himself said that I speak in tongues more than you all. What does that mean? He received the Holy Spirit on that day by that laying of hands. But it began to speak in tongues later on. Many of you, you are going to sleep tonight and you will wake up speaking in tongues. As you are driving on your car, the Holy Ghost will go, go to overwhelm you and you begin to speak. Please don't resist the Holy Spirit. Be in the Spirit whatsoever you do now until you receive Him. You already have that seal that all you need to do is to cooperate with Him and not struggle with Him. And out of your belly shall flow the rivers of the living waters. In the name of Jesus. Lift your hands and say, Lord, I thank you. Go ahead and thank you. Holy Spirit, I thank you. Let the rest of the church, let's lift our hand and thank the Lord because he has done it. The Holy Spirit has done it again. 
Oh Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. Oh Lord, we give you praise. Lord, we give you praise. How much we have time. Oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy Ghost, I commit this one unto your hand. Don't leave them until they begin to speak in tongues. That tongues have released unto them. There shall be physical manifestation in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. Father, thank you for today. We give you all the glory. Holy Ghost, we thank you for your visitation. Thank you for your son that you spoke through. We return the glory unto you. Holy Ghost, I decree this is your week. This is your week. In the life of everyone under the sound of my voice, Holy Ghost, manifest your power in the name of Jesus. There are many people that need guidance in this auditorium. Many people need the path to follow. Many people are asking God for the next step. I release the Holy Ghost will guide you this week in the name of Jesus. None shall be stranded concerning the next step we are supposed to take in the name of Jesus. And that spirit you have received, the boldness to go and preach the gospel, receive it now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I decree this week you will come back with great testimonies in the name of Jesus. Thank you, King of Glory. In Jesus' name we have prayed. The grace together in fellowship, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives, and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. You are blessed in Jesus' name. Our bountiful harvest is sure as we commit to tirelessly labor for soul. You are blessed in the name of Jesus.